0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Mini.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: Sam Claiborne. I've been thinking about what to say
2: at the head of Game Scoop for like five years, and I like what our producer just
0: said. Let's roll. Is that and stick? Justin Davis. Scoop. And we've got a great show for you this week. Uh, we are going to uh, discuss the return of E3, E3 the White. Maybe it's called. It's back, but not quite the same. Uh, we're going to Ah, flip through. I am
2: E3 as it was intended to be. <laughs>
0: We're gonna flip through a 1998 issue of uh, PlayStation Magazine. I'm not sure which month uh, I picked, but we'll look at that. When we get to it, hold your horses, everybody. But first, um, how would everybody feel if you were playing an EA published game and EA was just deciding uh, how difficult your game should be for you, and they're making all those adjustments behind the scenes. Uh, EA has patented an adaptive difficulty system that will adjust the difficulty to hopefully keep you playing longer. The system, this is from a patent, the system can quote, review historical user activity data with respect to one or more video games to generate a game retention prediction model. <laughs> this model is then used to predict how long the user is expected to play for. Using this prediction, the dynamic difficulty system can calibrate the challenge to make sure you play for that duration. Um, it's a little unclear to me. Do, do you guys? Does it sound like they're going to like make it the game easier to keep you playing longer, or oh, they think you're getting? I didn't bored? think about that. I thought
2: they were like make him fight the boss nine times.
0: But yeah. that, that, yeah. that would, like a nine times person. That wouldn't keep me playing though. Yeah, for so sure.
1: That's how I interpreted it too. That it would it would extend. Like, let's say there's a level. And you blast through it so clearly, you're a very adept, skilled player. And the next equivalent level, they make it more difficult so that it takes longer for you to get through that chapter. That's how I interpreted it. But mm-hmm. yeah, Damon, you're right. Like it's very unclear in general. Um, on the surface, I would say, technologically speaking, seems pretty cool that you can have mm-hmm. anything that's adaptive. Like you know, we really like uh, procedurally generated worlds. That was the buzz word, the development mm-hmm. buzzword of like two years ago or so. Um, so I think the concept of something that adapts to your play style is inherently cool, but it definitely depends on what their application for it is going to be. And then other thought that I had was as long as they're retaining the other difficulty options, like let's say you have easy, medium, difficult, adaptive, like that could mm. be cool as an option, yeah. but yeah, maybe not as a standard deciding how I want to play a certain game option.
3: Um, yeah. Games, I don't. I don't understand why... Games already do this. Resident Evil's have been doing this since 4, I think was the first one that did mm-hmm. this. And so I'm not quite sure why this news. I guess the wrinkle that's new is that a it's, you know, pinging some server somewhere, like it's not just happening on the game disc and it, with the specific intent of getting people to play longer matching their play time but um i always get stressed playing modern modern resident evil games because i wonder like i got through that section really cleanly and clearly <laughs> like am i not gonna get as many green herbs when i really need them later now like i'm a bad player don't don't <laughs> like the game's gonna think i'm good i did that section well first the of other- all
2: the frog they were just fighting in this game was so frustrating yeah mm-hmm. that, that guy sucked yeah and and the 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 a- the atsts can be uh, troubled too
1: so the one thing that they mentioned um in the patents abstract was uh that they it would review historical user activity data with respect to one or more video games to generate a game retention prediction model meaning right. it's not even necessarily like level it's specifically and i don't know is that going to be within a franchise or is that going to be um that's kind of interesting any like- number of games yeah
3: Like oh, this person's really good at shooters, but like bad at racing games. So let's you know adjust it based off that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I had no idea that that was happening in Resident Evil Four, which is like one of my favorite games of all time. And so I'm rethinking everything right now.
3: It's it's not very fancy. I think it changes the drops you get when you like hack open barrels and stuff. Yeah, I
2: read that in our coverage, and that must be what it is because that's the thing that's randomized that I can think of. If it's not, I think there's maybe more or fewer zombies in some areas, not zombies. I I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's uh, the only thing I assumed in reading that was that they were going to try to like, uh, you know, uh, make, make things difficult for people. So I've completely rethought my, uh, my tolerance (laughs) for this. And I I, I do like the idea of, you know, like right now we are on the precipice of like really accessible games. So, you know, last of us two is is really leading here where you could just turn off everything and make it a a very, you know, accessible game and quote unquote easy. Um, And that's like really great. I I crave that in games that don't have it sometimes now when I just want to experience certain elements of them. But I don't I, I like to know what I'm doing. I don't really want I don't really want a computer determining that for me.
3: Yeah, like, my gut reaction when I read the news was like, oh, I don't like this. Like, I want to select easy, medium, or hard. But, like, as I continue to reflect on it, it's like I've talked on Scoop many, many times about how video games have a problem with, like, it's the only medium on Earth where it's like, no, you can't see the end. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't don't need anything to get to the end of a movie or TV show or album. And, like, the games are the only one that, like, gatekeeps in that way. And it's a real problem that, like, this has the potential to solve. But, um but as someone that's much more embedded in games personally, I don't know that this is the feature for me. Like I want to I want to know what difficulty level I'm playing through something at, I think.
2: Same. Matchmaking already does it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you never get to you never get to clown on noobs after a certain point.
1: But that's more yeah. about the players than the game AI itself, which True. makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I Mario, think if- the, the Mario games have the baby mode that turns on if you die a bunch yeah. of times mm-hmm. yeah, LA
1: Noir that. lets you skip ahead through missions if it's determining that that's you're right. a complete failure at life
2: that's right I forgot about that
3: you do feel like I always get so enraged in Mario where it's like, would you like to turn on baby mode? I'm like get out of here.
1: <laughs> a lot of games. That's do like that. a, that's like Netflix asking, are you still watching? Like, stop yeah. judging me. Yeah. Yes, I'm watching.
2: <laughs> it's so judgy. And, and a lot of contemporary games say, did you know you can turn down the difficulty? And it doesn't oh. right when you die. Like whether it's a tool tip when you die or not, it, it pops up right then. You know, oh,
3: It's the worst. It's so passive aggressive. It's like, you can mm-hmm. change the difficulty on the fly. You know, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to get them this time
1: <laughs> the other thing this makes me think about because I, I on off think about like all the user data that all of these companies mm-hmm. are logging from us mm-hmm. and so thinking about them logging like our the equivalent of our kill death ratio essentially mm-hmm. uh, you know you're just your general skill level a I'd be really curious to see what mine says like you're an excellent driver and also an excellent first person shooter but you suck at these strategy games for example Um, But yeah, I'm always curious, like, where are they storing this data? What are they doing with this data, especially in an age where, you know, privacy is increasingly a concern and increasingly a topic that people people are pretty savvy about, um, because it's it's becoming something that's fairly well documented across a lot of different apps and, and platforms that we use, and then also the risk of it being sold in different areas. So now that data is being used to apply to what some people have on the surface decided is like this nefarious thing where... It's so like the arcade game um, manipulation of making it so you have to constantly put quarters in, but now it's instead of putting quarters in, it's putting your time in.
0: Yeah, um, Je- Justin was so Go ahead. I was gonna say you were, you were comparing video games to other mediums and how this it's the only one that uh, gatekeeps, you know, like the ending away from you. But I wonder if other mediums, like say Netflix, I wonder if they're already gathering, uh, you know, series completion data on us and building their own. Oh, yeah what's the word for it? retention prediction model for each user. So it, even if they're not using that to inform how they produce content, maybe they, they use that to uh, decide what content to suggest to you. Netflix mm-hmm. absolutely does that. And they actually make casting
3: decisions in their shows Ooh. based off that. Ooh. Like they know what actors have been popular in previous Netflix, you know, shows yeah. um, and they'll change like your Netflix will have different actors in your Netflix cards than mine will it's based crazy. off what we've clicked on and watched in the past for the same show. Yeah. Like some people might see all female actors or some might see all male for this, for the exact Mm -hmm. same shows. Yeah. Um, Crazy. You know, at least it's being used, at least like the player telemetry data is being used for, you know, for good, potentially good in this instance. Like I, I think Ubisoft is one of the companies that does this most, you know, where they have, an extreme level of player telemetry data for like every single assassin's creed like how far did people make it in the game how many attempts did this mission take they they even went so far as i think it was what was the france one unity unity what's the one in paris um they um it's a single player game and at the end of each mission you had an opportunity to like take a little like how many stars would you give that mission you just took like oh, would yeah. you say that that mission was difficult or was it easy and you had a little chance to like submit information about the yeah, game it was like
2: the iTunes yeah. store yeah. debating your game
3: it was so mm-hmm. weird and then they you... they've backed off of that somewhat
1: <laughs> are you enjoying assassin's creed
2: <laughs> so if you if you think about like the business reason for keeping people playing there's it used to be that like you'd add a multiplayer mode in there so people didn't return the game disc and then there wasn't a used market so people would buy new games now there's not really that concern as much anymore. I wonder, if, uh, the only thing I could think of to, to make it so people want to keep playing your game, I guess, is so they buy, you know, things through microtransaction. And it, yeah. I don't really see what how playtime is a business model, as much as it used to be, at least, if it is.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think some of the monetization may follow. I think their thought process is probably like, you know, more engagement in our brands and our franchises is better, and then they'll, they can, you know, we're seeing FIFA now, like that game has FIFA Ultimate Team, you know, that has, they're clearly able to monetize playtime, and and they're probably they're probably going to figure it out in other games, if I were to guess. Um, yeah,
1: it's it's why Rockstar is double yeah. tripled down on the standalone online experiences too. Like you're mm. creating a community, which creates a reputation around that. And then you know, on the opposite side, on the non business side, which it still speaks to the business side. Like that's not, that's a metric that gamers always cite too. Not everybody has the ability to buy every single player game possible in a year, and they're you know potentially going to be particular about what games they want to play. And shelf life is one of the commonly cited things. Like, you know, everybody wants to play Skyrim because you can get hundreds of hours worth of game time out of it. So it's that value perspective, too.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, EA wants people playing EA games. Like, they not, not playing Activision games. Yes, I think that's true.
0: Uh, <laughs> for now. If, if, if Jedi Fallen Order 2 shipped with this adaptive difficulty... Uh, mechanic, I would probably try it out, but just like you guys said, I, I wouldn't want to lose the ability to to manually adjust the difficulty on my own if I choose.
3: It's very stressful. If I body a boss, I don't want it making the game harder. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wonder if people would like artificially create time spent like would you just be mm-hmm. right before the boss triggers and you just like stand yeah. there for a long time I mean I'm sure it's it's more it's smarter the technology would be smarter than than just that but I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to see if like people would try to game the system to create an yeah. experience they want
2: speedrunners yeah, yeah. game the system make it really easy
1: that would yeah. be an interesting wrinkle yeah that completely <laughs> changes that environment yeah.
3: just yeah. die die really fast 30 yeah. times
0: then it makes the rest of the and game easier. Zip through the
2: rest of
1: the game <laughs>
0: It's kind of like level scaling. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. like level scaling. I want to be in control of my experience.
1: Yep. Fine.
0: Moving on. The boys are back in town. If the boys are E3 and the town is online, Great. <laughs> E3 2021 is coming back online. Uh, with Xbox, Nintendo involved. Who else is on in, on board? Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take Two, Warner Brothers, Coach Media. I don't know if it's Coach or Coke. Um, <clears throat> but no Sony. No Sony again, which I don't think is too much of a surprise. You are, are being annoying. For uh,
2: audio listeners, he's talking to his cat,
0: <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah, not Sam. Uh, coming back June 12th through the 15th. It's going to include live press conferences and four-day-long a four-day-long video stream. The show will be a reimagined and hyper-engaged digital experience, and it will be entirely free. It's not going to be uh, behind a paywall. What do we think a, an online E3 will look like? Uh, I, I imagine those press conferences. If they're coming from Xbox, man, I don't even. Nintendo has hasn't had a press conference in, in years they've just been doing their nintendo yep. directs so what without having a booth what's nintendo's involvement in e3 this year going to look like
1: well, uh, nintendo
2: the
0: direct would, to yeah they'll just have an e3 affiliated direct right
1: yeah i was gonna say like a so. nintendo direct is would be a stand-in for a press conference just like everybody has their own version mm. these days of something that's direct to you so it being digital just means you get that information online instead of Oh, sure. While I waiting in a line.
0: It just mean, I just mean, in recent years, they've held the Nintendo Direct, which, like, they, it just goes on, you know, YouTube yeah. and IGN. It's but not then they actually do, going through E3. But, but they do
2: their treehouse from the show floor. So that's where that's it, it's, like, the, it's, like, live from E3, and they do, like, three days of that. So I can see them doing that more easily.
0: <laughs> forgot. Oh, forgot yeah, about so, this. If you're just forgot. watching uh, the show, we've got the Dancing Man from uh, E3. I don't even remember what year that was. Anyway. Killer Instinct. Like, um the Xbox press conference can be the same with that you know just minus a live audience. But they got Which, Bethesda like, now. They got Bethesda, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um I I really I have a lot of you know affection for E3 and um Yeah, that's basically, I have a lot of affection for E3 and I'm glad to hear that it's back. Um, I'm skeptical that a digital only E3 is super relevant in a world in which, you know, IGN is a summer event and Jeff Keighley is a summer event and everyone has their own standalone summer events. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit unclear why we need this. Um, But I I like E3 and it's been a part of my life and a part of my career for my entire life. And I'm glad to hear them, you know, sort of having a vision for what it should look like in, in a modern age.
2: The thing yeah. that I, I I'm looking forward to is still the figuring out of how we play demos at E3 and maybe that more people can play demos or or how that works because like it's the access to the games that the the past year we've ha- we've had some really interesting solutions for that, um, but like can the ESA and E3 you know pull that together and will we be playing you know the games of this fall the summer at all? It's unclear.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think. Almost every every big publisher has their own uh, format, you know, for hold, hold, holding their own online events now that they control completely. So it, it's interesting. It's interesting to wonder what did ESA have to actually convince people like Xbox and Nintendo to participate in a digital E3 when they they could have just done their own thing on their own time, whenever they wanted to, right?
1: I think to Justin's point about it being so much a part of, you know, his personal career, my personal, all of our personal careers, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. same can be said for the industry in general. I think it's one of those things where it's been long supported and, you know, there are people who are members of the board as well from these individual companies. And so there's that that loyalty and commitment to tradition, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a thing that has supported the industry for years.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of goodwill towards E3. But, but it's funny, like, you know, the game to- the game companies, publishers also fought with the ESA and E3, mm-hmm. you know, and EA backed out and was not a part of it. And Activision, you know, like, there's all this strife, but then it goes away for a year. And now I feel like there's some goodwill of like, well, you know, maybe we want you around after all E3. We're sorry. Yeah. Although those companies that were not involved are still not involved. So, you know, what do I know?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we ran our own event in lieu of E3 last year. And like one of the consistent things that at least anecdotally I was seeing from people as far as feedback goes is obviously there's a somewhat similar level of announcements. I think that there probably weren't as many because there were a lot of unanticipated obstructions to people's marketing beats and their plans, what they can get prepared for June or not um, last year because of the obvious reasons. Um, but a lot of what we kind of an- anecdotally heard was, that things felt a little bit scattered. And one of the greatest things about E3 is that it creates this one week of anticipation and this one week of expectations. Um, And then, you know, for us on the industry side, it used to be one week of all being in the same city at once and getting a chance to have those conversations in person for fans. It was getting a chance to meet Uh, their favorite developers get hands-on, as as Sam was saying earlier, get hands-on with some of those games themselves too in an early access format. So obviously some of that is lost, but I think the appeal to the person who can bring everybody together, which is a lot of what we set out to do last year, but obviously everybody had their own timelines, their own constraints as well. So we worked as best as possible within those. And I think the ESA is doing the same this year because we're in a second more hopeful but still pandemic year currently.
2: Mm -hmm. And it also like, I mean, to answer Damon's question uh, with with another take, there's a uh, the reason why people would want to participate in E3 is that E3 presumably will be back and will be an in-person thing and will be a spectacle again Mm -hmm. with a show floor. Um, And I think, you know, there's there's some anticipation and excitement to get back to that and then and then to be there and participating with it, which means you got to kind of kind of play the game until it happens.
0: Yeah, 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 that makes
3: sense. (laughs) Mm Damon, how many E3s have you been to? Since 2000... Well, I started going professionally
0: in 2006.
3: Yeah. I started going in 2003 and missed one when my daughter was born. And I've been to all the rest. And, like, I'm kind of, like... You know, that that event was over the last three or four years has been, like, equal parts excitement and dread. Like, I've been to many of them. But it's very intense and it's a lot. But, like, now after two years off... I'm going to be so ready and so hyped oh, yeah. for a big blown out crazy E3 2022. Like I'm completely recharged and energized and and ready to get back to just the insanity of everybody's booths and the announcements yeah. and the whole the whole week of craziness. Yeah. I, and that's
1: kind of the importance of of keeping up with consistency like last year um San Diego Comic-Con did their own digital event it wasn't nearly in the spirit of what an in-person event in, at San Diego would have been um i think like the structure of their panels was really different the rollout of news like there's just a lot that was left on the table that i imagine if it weren't a pandemic year would have still occurred last year um but the consistency of keeping that up and i think that's the important thing of we skipped last we skipped E3 last year but if we have one this year, there's a promise to the future ones where it comes back in its original glory and that gives people something to look forward to. It's almost like, you know, in, in our mm-hmm. world, when we have a show, if we publish next gen console watch mm-hmm. at Fridays at 6 a.m., you know, Pacific time every week, like that consistency mm-hmm. uh, creates and establishes a community around it. Uh, and so that kind of helps mm-hmm. communicate subtly to the audience, like, you know, what, what they can drive their fandom around essentially. So for E3, Mm -hmm. it's, it's that thing in June, the second that we start forgetting and losing that thread, and then everybody else's individual uh, Nintendo directs and showcases start to become the new normal, then we increasingly move away from the concept of like a physical back to normal E3 post pandemic. Mm
0: -hmm. I still love E3, um, even though I was You know seem maybe seemed a little skeptical about this online version earlier but i still love the event i still look forward to it Uh, it's become maybe a little bit cliche anytime we write an article about e3 for the comments to be like e3 is dead e3 is unnecessary who cares Mm. but i still love e3 as long as it's like a big event uh you know especially if we get back to it next year um it's just like something i i still look forward to every year this is something that we talked about on next gen console watch this week Uh, I was saying that, you know, later on this year, I think as restrictions start to loosen up when people can go to like concerts again, I think those are going to be like religious experiences for some (laughs) people who've been really missing live music. And I could see like E3 2022 Microsoft's press conference when there's a live audience again. That's going to be that's going to feel really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Let's share what we've been playing and I'm happy to report that last night I started Yakuza like a dragon. Yeah.
2: Oh. Whoa, cool, Damon. Got him. It has a great start. It draws you in.
0: That's just what I was gonna say. I only played a couple hours, so it's like, you know, very early. I'm barely like scratching the surface. But I instantly liked it. Uh, I was instantly on board. The the opening is so cool, even though it's like, like you guys were saying, there are long cutscenes and long segments of dialogue, but I didn't mind. And that's in contrast to other stuff I've been playing, like Narita Boy last week and Oddworld Soulstorm, which is out this week, both of those games there start out with a lot of dialogue and, and exposition. I was feeling uh, impatient. I really wanted to get to the gameplay, but with Yakuza Like a Dragon, I was just like, this is great. I think the, part of it is that the, those cutscenes are like really well choreographed. like They're yeah. choreographed like a movie. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And you can skip yeah. through a lot of them, too. Yeah, so you can do they, too. they make it the, easy. Yeah, exactly.
0: And the characters are super likable, so it's easy mm-hmm. too for me to just stick around. Wow.
3: It's, it's such good arch melodrama, like, but then I, I, like, I'm so glad you guys are playing these games now and I haven't played like a dragon yet, but I know that tonally it's similar to the previous brawlers that I do have experience with where like, it's such a crazy, unique, there's no other game that mixes the, the drama, like the very real stakes and drama that's happening in the main plot line, but then just the pure over the top silliness and ridiculousness that surrounds that. And it shouldn't work but it does somehow. Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's also so much heart um, from, from Ichiban Kasuga himself too, your your, your main protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just like so morally driven, um, such a good friend, even when he could probably stand to stand up for himself a little bit more. So, Damon, when you said all the characters were likable, my eyebrows raised just a touch. Mm-hmm. So wait until sure. we get into the story just a little bit more. <laughs> sure. and I'll be curious uh, to hear what you just, think. Just my um, first
4: impression.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because there's a thing that happens and then, sure. you know feelings ensue but anyway he's he's always just like just really sweet and loving and then when you get into the areas where you're really bonding with your team in the uh survive bar Mm. you see a lot of that passion and friendship come out and it's it's very genuine and and loving uh in the midst of like goofiness and all the other things that justin was just saying
0: Mm -hmm. yep i will say continue with that go ahead
1: i was gonna say for, for i'm obviously still playing that game too um but uh, I have criticisms now, now that I'm so deep oh into gosh. it. Yeah. yeah. So my, my I have one joke criticism and one real one. Um, joke criticism is, Damon, have you realized yet that as you're running around town, if you make a like really quick about-face turn, your uh, party members are trailing behind you like little lost puppies and you always slam into them and it just kind of like breaks <laughs> your momentum while you're walking.
0: That hasn't happened to me yet. Oh, it,
1: well, it's a it's a thing. I saw on Twitter some um, a, a group of people had done like a live action version of it, and they do these little like animations um, in the process. It's very funny and very cute and very relatable.
0: I did have the same experience with the map though, the mini map. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah. you have to go into it's 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 locked by default, I think, and that yeah, just change That, it did, over. that didn't you work. You can
1: much. change it actually. I know. You have to I did. I did it. And, okay, good.
0: I yeah. did it in the options. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sam, anything new that you're playing? Well, was there another criticism? Oh, yeah, sorry, there was a real one.
1: There's a Yeah, there's a legit criticism, which is... um, And maybe it's the way that I played through the game because it is pretty open-ended in a lot of ways, so you can, like, spend a lot of time in side quests. At some point in time, you come up to a battle arena and you get some of the best weapons in the game through that battle arena when you're going through the progression of it. Uh, And so I got really obsessed um, with the battle arena one, like, one, two, three nights. uh, And I went all the way to get every single... um, special item because there are specific challenges per battle um, so once I did that, everything else, like all of the stores, even the crafting system in the game, like were just completely useless for me. Oh, and I'm, okay. I'm putting a lot of fun, cause you can, there's a woman who does this crafting system and you can support her store by funding it. And it goes it, like rapidly scales. So you start with 2 million and then suddenly it's like, it requires 21 million yen to get to the next level. And I'm, I'm pretty rich now, if I may say so myself. So I've been putting mm-hmm. a lot of money into her, but, It's it's still not resulting in anything that's useful for me. um, That I haven't gotten like I haven't gotten better weapons since the battle arena. Mm -hmm. So I haven't. And then I found all these like hidden stores after I discovered the battle arena. So maybe I did things out of order. But Mm -hmm. the weapon progression system has been kind of warped for me, which is I guess okay because I had good weapons from the battle arena. But well, then you earned them, right? Yeah,
2: you spent the time. It's challenging, and I think the game wants to give you an option to not. Do that. They want to give you the easy option, which is just to buy stuff. So I think I think you, you deserve what you have.
1: For sure. But I wish like there's additional areas mm-hmm. that you get into and at certain parts of the story and there are stores there. And I wish like at that level, because I progressed further into the story, there'd right. be like special stores with really high prices. So I can get even better what we- I just want constantly better weapons.
2: Yeah, like in mm-hmm. that makes sense because like y- y- now you're past the point where you'd even be grinding in that area. So now at least there should be like really high end like levels. Okay.
1: Hmm. Exactly.
2: Wow. That's a pretty uncommon RPG thing. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like again it might
1: it might be because i did things out of order and i obsessively went through the battle arena maybe more than they were expecting to maybe there's some some sort of (laughs) dynamic advanced you know gameplay weapon (laughs) store sort of thing maybe that'd be interesting for ea to patent and share with (laughs) sega in the future (laughs) i mean i
3: think yakuza games are often pretty willing to like like hey do you want to do you want to do this nutso thing like Mm-hmm. Go for it. Like yeah. you know, they're they're not really the type of game that wants to like really closely guard and control the experience for every player. It's like, nah, you like if you use this baseball bat, it'll be nuts the whole
2: way
0: through. Like, yeah, very true. You know. Sam, how about uh, you?
2: I'm playing Hollow Knight, right? And I'm pretty far, I think, into it, and it's it's gotten really difficult. Um, one thing I don't think I talked about very much last time is that uh, if the punishment for dying in that game is that. You uh, leave behind all your stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that kind of Dark Souls idea. Um, well, not really like Dark Souls, but you leave behind your stuff. You, b- but your stuffing in this game is only money, and money's super important. Like most of your your uh, cool like optional upgrades and stuff, you just need to buy in stores. So you'll you'll in ex- in you have to balance exploring which where you gain money, which but uh, with uh, the risk of exploring, which is like you don't know where your next save point is going to be. You're in a new area, and you could lose everything and then have to get back to that point to reclaim it. So the other day, or or last night, actually, I was playing, and I got to the point where I I, uh, found this guy, and I could sell a bunch of my equipment that I was never able to sell before. And I did it. And I was like, oh, no, I'm carrying around, like, 5,000 coins. And I'd only had, like, max ever. 700 or 800 or 900 right so i had five times the amount of loot i'd ever had and and i was in a new exploration area so i had to tiptoe like so carefully to a save point that i knew about that was so far away and it was one of the most tense gaming moments i've had in so long (laughs) and then after that i put everything in the bank to be safe which is really nice Mm -hmm. i spent a lot of it too but like a lot of it was in the bank and i went back to the bank after that and the person wasn't in the bank. This is, this is like a 2D Metroidvania game with like some cool like little twists and stuff. But I was like, "Why? where is the person? And I swung my sword, and it knocked the facade of the bank down. <laughs> it was just a wood wall. <laughs> and, and now my money's been all stolen.
0: <laughs> Where's your money? <laughs> That's a thing that can happen? Your money no can idea. be stolen out after, of the bank?
2: After that whole sequence of me like so carefully babysitting my way back to the bank, and again, I did spend some of it, so I wasn't a total loss. Uh, got I screwed. played,
3: I played a lot of that game. I don't think I beat it, but I made it very close to the end of that game, and don't remember that <laughs> at uh, all. So I don't know what you in, just went through.
2: I hope the banker is going to be like woven into a little side quest story where you like find her, and you're like, "Where's my money?"
3: <laughs> or it's not a bank at all. You just gave your money to someone.
2: <laughs> but I, I had used the bank and withdrawn, and, and like used it for a long time. So. It was pretty funny, and they have a maximum in the bank that you can store, and so I think I they they know that they could screw you, but the maximum is really high, and I'm pretty sure I had like close to it. So stupid. So that's what's happening in Hollow Knight right now.
0: Cool, Justin, be <laughs> playing. I mean,
3: it's been we've been it's been Yakuza talk on Scoop for I feel like I'm like a couple months yeah. now, a long time. How long <laughs> the game is? <laughs> yeah, like a dragon never ends. So I hear. um, no, you all talking about Like a Dragon made me want to get back into them, and I told you guys I was going to start it, but um, then I chickened out because um, even though it's its own original story and new story not connected to the previous games, there's, you know, cameos and callbacks, and, like, I've managed to stay spoiler-free, and, like, there's key characters that, like, I don't even know if they're alive or dead by the end, by the time Like a Dragon takes place. And I'm like, I don't want to have that spoiled for myself if, like, this, this, this Yakuza, you know, patriarch is still kicking, so... Um, so, long story short, I started Yakuza Zero over again, mm-hmm. which I just played. I just played it in 2018, which you know, I guess, is like two and a half years ago at this point. Um, and my plan was, I'm just gonna blast through it fast and refresh myself on the story. Um, but two things: one, I forgot that that game is a billion hours long, <laughs> and um, I forgot that if the whole point is to refresh myself on the story, I can't like skip cutscenes. And oh. so, um, yeah. I, I have now clocked. 50 hours on Yakuza zero, which do you know how long that is for a game? That's not an RPG. That's yeah. so long. <laughs> like yeah, for sure. I couldn't believe it, but I did, I did real credits on it. And now I'm starting through, uh, Yakuza Kiwami, which is the remake of one. And that one's, that one's not as long. That one's like, you know, 12 hours or so. Um, Zero's So good, man. Like the cabaret club mini game. I had to go through all of that again. Um, Oh, and I have one story about Yakuza 0 that I want to share. Um, what I like most about those games, as I shared maybe last time I was on Scoop, was that the game world is not big. It's very, very small, but um, it's very dense and packed with you know overlapping stories and overlapping buildings and you know restaurants to eat in and so on and so forth. And one of the many games in Yakuza 0 is um, slot car racing, which is already funny because you're this grown-ass man in a slick suit and you're going in and racing mm-hmm. slot cars against these elementary age kids. And then um, <laughs> he becomes obsessed with it. He, you're, you're you're like buying slot car parts all around, you know, pawn shops around town. And um, you have to do this slot car racing minigame for a while. And then you eventually get embroiled in the life of these like 11-year-olds. And one of them has a crush on another one. And there's all these sub-stories related to it. And then this 11-year-old girl starts calling you her boyfriend. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not... I'm not your boyfriend. And then you end up having to do a slot car race battle against her dad. Cause he keeps calling you a pervert. <laughs> he's like, I can't blow my daughter's too young to be dating. What's wrong with you? It's this whole thing. It's this storyline that just goes on forever. And it ends with, um, there's this guy called the pocket Cir- circuit fighter who's a grown-up, and he, he's always in the pocket circuit stadium, which is what they call slot car racing. And, um, He's got this whole costume on, the Pocket Circuit Fighter, and it turns out he's the secret boss of the whole thing. He's the fastest slot car racer in all of Japan. And, um, and it's this big showdown at the end, and he's like, we will compete for the title of who's going to be Pocket Circuit Fighter. And is like, oh no, I don't want to be called that. I don't want... <laughs> He says, he says, "I'll race you," but I don't want. He's like, "Don't call me that. that that's not. That's like how the storyline ends." Is he's like, "You can, you can still be Pocket Circuit Fighter." Um, and it's just, it's so cute. It, like you, you. Every single time I'm like up in that part of the city, I'm like, I'm just gonna swing in there and do a little, you know, see what the kids are up to and do another race with them. And um, and uh, I finally completed that storyline just before I completed the game, and it, it's just. It's really magical how the Yakuza games have these tiny little threads that, like, it's this little out-of-the-way corner of the city, but then it blows up into this huge thing that's, like, ten side quests and, and all these different cars to customize and buy. And, like, I don't know. That, that, that's what I love most about those games is, like, this thing that seems like it's going to be tiny ends up blowing up into
0: something that's just, like, ridiculous and huge. I look forward to playing more of Like a Dragon tonight. This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region, where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learn a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. (laughs) Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and deliver with conversation based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special, limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now we're going to flip through. It's the 1998 issue of the uh, PlayStation Magazine. I'm going to full screen here. Can everyone see this? Yeah. Is it not
2: the yeah. official PlayStation magazine?
0: It's not. They're 100% independent, Sam, as it says right on the cover. Unofficial, unbiased, unrivaled, is what they claim. Except
2: they really like PlayStation, clearly. <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: Because
2: I mean, they made a magazine about it, I mean... <laughs> it's a focus. I mean, it might not be a bias, but it's a focus.
0: November 98, they've got Metal Gear uh, Solid on the cover, and this is just this was an awesome magazine, and this is probably the golden age of this magazine. They're hiring like really good comic <laughs> artists to draw their covers every week. So the art yeah. oh, that, is, really, that is really, cool. Really original art. Yeah. I remember I didn't read PSM that much, but I always loved it. it. I loved their art. Yeah. It was really, really good. And if you notice uh, next to the price, this is an Imagine Media product. Oh, yeah. nice. They um, started
2: some websites at some point.
0: They did start some websites at some point. Um, so, 98, they've got some uh, insight, highlights from the European Trade Show. Interesting new games. The one I want to highlight is the bottom right Saboteur from IDOS. And the developer is unknown. Wait, That like, game would—that game was never released. There's never a oh, okay. game by IDOS called Saboteur that actually okay. came out.
2: Okay. It's different than the game that we were really stumped by on GameScoop yeah.
0: twice. PlayStation hardware change. Uh, the latest hardware revision makes life difficult for would-be mod chippers. And I, I'm guilty of being a mod chipper on my PlayStation oh. back in the day. You played some uh, uh Well, played some Japanese games primarily. Mm, uh, they say, okay. It has been confirmed that Sony has shipped another PlayStation hardware revision to U.S. shores. Dubbed the Nine Thousand Series, these new PlayStations will remain functionally the same as the Seven Thousand Series, known here as the DualShock system. But it will be much harder to install a mod chip in them. So, like the DualShock controller was out, but at this point, November ninety eight. So I, it yeah.
2: became a pack in, I think, is what they're, they're saying.
0: It, oh, and and the okay. P, the PS One, okay. I didn't remember the
3: specific hardware change, but they revised that hardware many, many times, and not just the Slim model, but they changed the ports on the back. Um, yeah. They, 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 they re-
0: released a lot of revisions to that hardware. Hmm.
2: What They're do you think ne- they did to make it harder to mod? Do you think they just...
0: Oh, it says, <laughs> One of the <laughs> ways Sony is discouraging users from putting mod chips into the new system is by rearranging the main motherboard and making it much smaller. The smaller yeah, board yeah. should make soldering a mod chip to it much more difficult. Uh, that's Hopefully annoying. Can, yeah. Super mean. Yeah. And then in their little news notes on the side, they say Activision has signed a deal to publish all of LucasArts' games for the next two years. I didn't know that was a thing. Did you guys know Activision, Activision was publishing Lucas Lucas LucasArts Arts. games? Uh, I, no, looked well, I can't okay.
2: think of one that they did.
0: I looked it up. Apparently, they kept they uh, re-upped their deal, and it went into the late 2000s. Activision pu- publishing LucasArts games. No, and what year was this? This is 98. Huh. So they had that deal in place for a while. I
2: mean, I gotta say, I wasn't playing a lot of Star Wars games in that region, but, you know, like I, that doesn't check out for some things. Like, all the Rogue Squadron games, were those Activision?
0: <sighs> I guess so. Strange. I mean, but I, yeah, I, I, without doing research on that, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Square remains exclusive to PlayStation. Despite claims that Squaresoft is working on a Dreamcast version of Final Fantasy and an N64 version of Secret of Mana, a Square EA insider said that all the games in development by Square EA are currently for the PlayStation only. Do you guys remember Square EA? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, what deal. I was going to say when you brought up the Activision LucasArts thing. I'd completely forgotten this thing. EA was publishing Square's games in North America, and uh, Square is publishing EA's games in Japan, which is, I guess that continued for a long, long yeah. time. Okay. Although, no, I'm thinking of um, Call of Duty. I think maybe Square still publishes Call of Duty in Japan.
2: Whoa.
3: Yeah,
0: the EA Square thing was like all through the PS1 Final Fantasy era. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about that.
2: Well, we never um, got that Mana game for Nintendo 64, I'll tell you that.
0: Uh, A news item on the PlayStation 2, very early, 98. One of the most interesting rumors around is that the internal project name for the upcoming PlayStation 2 is T-Rex. I don't remember that being a thing. I was going to say, did that even end up being true? I don't think so. And
2: I wish the system would have just been called that, the PlayStation T-Rex. We still have time.
0: Whoa. I don't think we have time for that console, but maybe for (laughs) PlayStation 6. Uh, Full two-page ad for... three-page ad for Medieval which I I included because we'll talk about medieval a little bit later in the issue. Looks like somebody woke up on the wrong side of the coffin. Get it? He's a skeleton. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's sleeping in a coffin.
0: This is a two-page ad for a game called Uprising X from 3DO after they... Pivoted from being a hardware manufacturer to just being a software company.
4: Whoa. I don't.
0: I don't know anything about this game, but this ad is bizarre. On the page one, it just says "deploy, destroy" with a soldier holding a gun up in the air in mm-hmm. front of a big explosion, and then there's like bottom of a rotting skeleton in the ground, it says, "Then relax over a cold one." I don't. It's I mean, a, I get it. It's weird. I guess a cold body. It's yeah like re- it's like, like relax.
2: look look at all
0: these people you killed now you can have yeah. a, a beer over them <laughs> it's really weird <clears throat> very strange I'm, game
3: that yeah. controversial take I don't care for that
0: yeah not a big fan of no. that one and that's why uh, no one remembers Uprising X uh, this is an ad for NFL Game Day 99 where it just says he went 92 yards broke two tackles juked one corner and blew the numbers off the free safety come on let the guy dance So I guess this is the time when there was all the controversy Uh, about uh, touchdown dance celebrations. Yeah. But -hmm. if you watch football today, touchdown dances are totally back. (laughs) Yeah. I think I agree. I agree with the take in this ad sports (laughs) should be fun. Let the guy dance. Uh, They have sales charts, but it's weird. There's there's an EV chart. So like from electronics boutique and then, and also an MPD chart and -hmm. they don't line up.
2: Mm, okay, well, so, I, I mean, know. that would be EB doing their own sales and then NPD yeah. doing everybody else, right?
0: <sighs> I don't know. You would think there'd be less, like, more parody, EB being. But they're
2: not like, even close, huh? I mean, yeah. I guess like EB is in malls and stuff, and then the other stuff is like department stores, so who you knows? Something weird like that.
0: Yeah. Um, e- Madden 99 was leading the EB charts, and WWF Warzone was leading the NPD charts. Uh, moving on. Oh yeah, the PlayStation magazines most wanted. So the most wanted upcoming PlayStation games. I'll count backwards. Number ten, Final Fantasy VIII, Then Quake 2. Lunar Silver Star Complete. Number 7 was Tomb Raider 3. Number six was Time Crisis 2. Number 5 was Silent Hill. Number 4, NBA Live 98. Uh, number 3 was uh, Ridge Racer Type 4. Number 2 was Sweak It and Two. And number 1 was Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver yeah that's that was That's a
2: good good set of games coming out. Uh, too,
0: gonna, that's pretty good taste. they have I mean, too. Yeah, yeah. this is just such a great era. They had
2: a lot to look forward to in that era.
0: For PlayStation I've never, games. I haven't
2: played any of those games. Just want to point that out.
0: Not even Silent Hill? Probably
2: like silent No, Hill. I've never played Silent Hill. I Is there like a, any contemporary remake thing of that?
0: <laughs> Justin, do you know, did they remake the, the original Silent Hill?
3: I can't keep, that's what I was just thinking about. Like, I feel like they've remade and redone them all and ported them, and I can't keep mm-hmm. them hardly straight anymore. Yeah. yeah. I
0: they don't were, like spookies, so. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. They reviewed Metal Gear Solid, gave it a, a five, which is the, it's like their 10. They read on And
2: there's five. like, a, they were advertising a strategy guide
0: on the cover for it, which I thought was really cool. They do have a lengthy strategy guide in this issue. Um, they say, "Oh, Which? this is." They say uh, it's about as close to perfect a game can get. The only game we've played that even come clo- comes close is Resident Evil Two. <laughs> Metal, Metal Gear Solid gets our highest recommendation.
3: What a funny comparison!
0: Like, yeah. not that Resident Evil Two is bad, but like,
3: yeah. it, you know, like Metal Gear Solid is one of the all-time greats. Like, yeah. I, I always love hearing about
0: that stuff. And here's another very questionable ad. This one's for Wild Nine. Uh, a kid is pouring salt over a, a snail and it says remember how fun it was to torture your victims when you were young what? I guess, I guess you do something like that in wild they're, nine
2: they're appealing to the serial killer audience <laughs> getting these in prison
0: apparently, wild nine is from shiny entertainment which is the Earthroom gym studio but I never played this one.
2: Oh, man
0: uh, they reviewed Tenchu in the same issue four and a half stars I guess if you want to call them Uh, Look at that gray screenshot. It's like, oh,
2: it's realistic stealth action. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like I'm there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's that's a series I think could come back. The the original Spyro the Dragon they reviewed gave it a four, and they said, a beautiful platformer with great features, but not a classic.
2: Yeah, people didn't like Spyro when those were out. I remember those all getting mediocre scores. But now, there's there's like a
0: generation of people. That played those
2: anyway, because yeah. they're games for kids, right? If you, yeah. If you had a PlayStation.
0: They reviewed my favorite fighting game of all time, Rival Schools. Gave it a 4 out of 5. That's do you think fair. you would still... When was the last time you played that game, Damien? Well, a long time. A long time. Yeah, yeah. But do
3: you
2: think you would still like it?
0: As, long, ta- as, as long as the controls still feel, still feel good, I think.
2: I'm, I'm a, sure you can have, like, half of a beer and a sandwich while you wait for the, each, each uh, fight to load.
3: I'm, it's probably uh, particularly games from this era the early 3D era I'm sometimes afraid to go back to and like sully my memories of like how
0: not clunky and how beautiful they were mm-hmm. yeah um, I mentioned Medieval earlier uh, there's, uh, there's a coupon for $10 off if you get it from Sears all you gotta oh. do is clip your coupon so I guess this is like the 1998 um, version of Wario 64 when you're just reading your magazine and you're like oh Here's a deal on this game.
2: <laughs> I find
0: that offensive, Damon.
2: Maybe Sorry. it's IGN Deals. I mean. Yeah,
0: the the, yeah. the, IGN the deals 1998 sweater. version of IGN Deals. <laughs> Thank Jessica. you. You're welcome. But then why I wanted to point this out, they gave Medieval a three. Oh. And they said Sony's undead hero needs a lot more life. Well, which is that's why, why it's 10 bucks off. <laughs> and why I thought it was, you know, I, I, they did the remake, what, two years ago now? Uh, mm-hmm. Or maybe it was last year, I don't remember. But it sort of came and went with little fanfare, and I think... I was surprised they were even remaking this game in the first place. I don't think it had like, it was yeah. never that good to begin with, right? That's better than a three. That's the first yeah. score I've disagreed with in this magazine. Um, A whole uh feature on accessories for your PlayStation. They show showcase the Sony PDA, which I don't think was ever released, at least outside of Japan. I don't think it actually was released in, in um North America.
2: This would be like a, like a, what it's did we like, call them at the time? BlackBerry? Not what are they? Yeah. Well, what was it's the like, early PDAs?
3: Yeah, they were PDAs. I think I think it's probably trying to head off like Palm maybe they pilot. had,
0: they had like a Palm is.
3: Pilot. Maybe they had worm the word that the Dreamcast
0: had its little screen, its little Tamagotchi yeah. screen in the controller. Mm-hmm. This says you can um, you'll be able to train characters for an RPG while away, away from your PlayStation. Like that sort of doesn't
2: thing. Oh, right man, but doesn't PDA I, stand for like personal something assistant?
0: Personal data assistant? Digital assistant? Digital assistant? Probably data. No. Nobody knows. <laughs> Sam, there's a trackball accessory for the PlayStation.
2: I know. For what? And <laughs> and it looks like an old Atari. They're oh,
0: it's excited just, it's about it. Funny. It says someone is finally releasing a trackball for the PlayStation. The much needed peripheral is exactly <laughs> the controller that mini games deserve. Strategy so, games like Command and Conquer. Shooters like N2O, as well as a bunch of classic games, including the new Can you Centipede.
2: imagine playing a shooter? with a trackball i mean I, I know I... it's it's basically an upside down mouse but come on what are they talking are... about
3: like i've never thought about that as i mean i get like how new but the dual shock had already been out for a while shooters yeah yeah
2: because ah. it's because it's close to a mouse you know <sighs> so it's crazy uh-
0: a feature on light light guns, and I just I want to point out how like realistic looking <laughs> these light guns are. There's yeah. nothing like there's oh no like gosh. bright. I know there's no bright orange nozzle oh to gosh. them or anything. Yeah, this is 1998. I guess that was still before. <laughs> there were lots I of don't players.
2: know. Yeah, I don't know when those those caps came about, but I know like even the zapper they made orange in like 1988. You
3: know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right.
3: Someone finally mean. sat, they, they hadn't had the meeting yet where they're like, let's not make it look like a real gun. Yeah. Gosh. Um, Space
0: Age Design, an ad for NFL Extreme. That's just a it's just a can of whoop ass. <laughs> it's just okay. a picture of an opened can, and the can is labeled whoop ass.
2: Yeah, a lot of that that year.
0: Uh, I included this ad from Oddworld Abe's Exodus just because uh, the new Oddworld just came out. Yes. Abe's <laughs> Exodus was the sequel to Abe's Odyssey. That's mm-hmm. so good. They were both so good. Yeah, good games. There a uh, preview of Pac Man 3D. On the PlayStation. Um, Avoid. (laughs) I never played this one. What did they say about it? Um, There's something funny that they said. It's certainly going to be tough for Namco to bring its most popular character into the 90s, but we have faith that it will pull it off. After all, if you look back through the history of the company, its console titles have always been amazing and really pushed the envelope. Hmm. Really? (laughs) Namco's console games have always been amazing? Don't they have, like, mappy? (laughs) Like, what were they doing on NES? I mean, you know, like, you said, like,
3: Time Crisis was in this very issue. Yeah, and I guess there was Tekken 3
0: already, too. I guess I was just thinking, I was looking back a little bit further uh, into, like, the 16-bit and 8-bit days. An ad for G. Darius, which is an amazing shooter on uh, PlayStation. And then this is, like, an ad for GameShark, which I feel like maybe we've showcased on the show (laughs) before. (laughs) <laughs> but the ad for Game Shark, which is of course you know like the Game Genie device that lets you cheat and break your games, yeah. kids are trick or treating, and the woman is handing out bullets instead of candy. So is I don't, but she I don't, a
2: Game Genie? Oh no, she's just like a, I see. But it. this like, is for Game Shark.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really strange. But I don't like. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really she's handing out bullets i guess you can get you're getting infinite ammo
2: yeah like give bullets like candy i guess i
0: guess all can i I have the grenade miss (laughs) there is a grenade in there um oh yeah so let's, let's see some letters to the editor i wish i would have um reminded myself which of these i wanted to point out great magazine psm i have some questions what is your viewpoint on game soundtracks I've noticed that some games like Tomb Raider 2 allow you to listen to the entire soundtrack mm-hmm. when you play it on a standard CD player, while cool. others don't let you hear anything like Resident Evil 1 and 2. Is this Ooh. strictly up to the individual publisher? Maybe it's because uh, Resident Evil 1 and 2 is, of course, Japanese-developed uh, games, and I think game soundtracks um, were a big market on their own in mm-hmm.
2: Japan. They were, yeah.
0: But I and guess just I'd forgotten that you could, just right, pop, you, know? you could just pop
3: some PlayStation games into a CD player. And some yeah. had hidden, you know, hidden information, hidden tracks on them. Castlevania Symphony of the Night plays you a little message if you put it into a CD player.
0: Cool. Yeah. I liked this letter. First of all, I want to tell you that PSM is the greatest PlayStation magazine in the world. My two favorite sections are the fan art and the release schedule. So, <laughs> so two sections that don't have any sort of editorial <laughs> <laughs> involvement. I guess they had a feature um, called pause where they introduce a topic from editor in chief, Chris Slate, uh, a topic for uh, the readers to think about and write in. And now this is all about 2D, dead as a doornail. Like it or not, 2D gaming is dead, kaput. Even hardcore old school fans like me have to face the facts that no one is making 2D games anymore. But why is this? I realize that 3D games are still the newer, prettier in thing and I enjoy them as much as anyone. But why can't we have both types of gameplay? 2d and 3d um the saddest part of all i'm skipping ahead saddest part of all this is the reason behind 2d's untimely demise it wasn't some evil corporate scheme that put 2d under instead gamers were the ones who did the dirty work we voted against 2d with our game buying dollars or rather lack thereof 2d Mm -hmm. games just don't sell even the great ones like castlevania symphony of the night had disappointing sales
2: well it's cool to call that out at least because in our review of it it talks about like, you know, like, you know, the one thing about this game you got to remember is that it's 2D, you know, like people mm-hmm. were just freaking out for polygons at the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, another letter, letter. since the PlayStation's introduction into, into market, developers have failed to keep pace with the PC RPG industry. Some may argue that PC style RPG games like Fallout, Battlespire, and Baldur's Great Gate uh, would pose serious programming problems due to the technological limitations of the PlayStation, but I truly believe this statement is false. If developers are capable of converting such PC games as Myst, Riven, Forsaken, Quake <laughs> 2, and so on, then there is definitely no reason they can't convert some of the outstanding PC RPG games or create exclusive PC-style RPG games for the PlayStation. I just thought that was funny. Obviously, Fallout and uh, Baldur's Gate are games that have become immensely popular with console gamers today.
2: Well, yeah, and you, we had to wait for the trackball controllers.
0: Yeah. yeah, the trackball is the one that had to come out. Um, I'm gonna skip skip through lots of these letters. Oh yeah, My, we're gonna end here on uh, an ad for ImagineGames.com. Were there, Whoa. there? Yeah does that does that go to IGN today? Um, ImagineGames.com. I haven't tried it recently, I'm not but a they're they're sh- they're telling people about six different websites that all cover Quake.
2: Really? It do,
0: yeah. It do, it does not go to IGN today. <laughs> Blues News, Cases Ladder, Heat.net, Mecha World, PC Game World and Stomped, and they're all about Quake. Huh. Why did that Quake needs six game six websites? I mean, right, I know. I, I know it was popular. I didn't realize it was like that much of a phenomenon. Like Fortnite level phenomenon. You need yeah, no multiple kidding. websites to cover Quake. There's then, that there's that D pad logo
3: down there though. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. point
2: that out. Yeah. It's it's there it is.
3: Yeah. Man, huh. 98. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, mean, that I mean, IGN would have been formed, what? Where it's it's w- our 25th anniversary this year, is not yeah, so we say.
1: September 1996, I believe.
3: Yeah, so IGN already existed in some form. But I wonder if there was... Um, uh, I'm going to stop sharing.
0: Well, I'll keep doing it.
3: I'm not quite if- sure. I don't know what we count as like our anniversary, because there's been many various yeah. starts it's to the IGN. The over it's the switch
0: over. In64, is that right? Yeah, In64.com would have... Been I know it. If, if you right? guys want to
1: know I want to
0: yeah, hear we do yeah. want to know,
1: Tina. It's the same date as the N64 launched. Oh, okay. Huh. Which is like September.
3: It, on, so me. okay, so we count so for our lore, really cool. we count we count the launch of n64.com as our launch, which yeah. then became ign64.com and then just
1: September, became IGN. September 29th, 1996. Okay.
0: And that brings us to video game twenty questions, and we have a very, re- very clever submission this week that I want to share. Oh, Unfortunately, we can't use his suggestion, oh, okay. and you'll explain, you'll understand in just a second. Uh, this comes from William Allen McDonough in Atlanta, and he's written some, some prose for you here. Uh, he says his favorite game of all time is The Guardian Legend. He says big fan of the pod. I'm a new Omega head, came via NBC, got stuck on Scoop and 20 Qs. Now I can never leave. I don't know many (laughs) answers, but listening is edge of your seat. May I contribute to your game? Some riddles might be neat. Guess a game within a game. Yes, if they keep their wits. The answer can be found below. But first, here are the hints. And he asks that I read this out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to 20 questions. Come Tina, Justin, Sam, and Swaim. I have for you a new suggestion, a quest or unknown planes. For you, Scoop Crew, a hard mode round. The meta has evolved. Perhaps you will all share the crown if the riddles can be solved. One of three hints you shall receive at each five questions end. Now, Damon, if you please, let the questioning begin. And so his idea was that you'd ask questions and you'd get a hint after every five questions. But listen, we we can't use it. The answer was... (laughs) Well, hold on.
1: Well, I would like to know the hints first.
0: Yeah, I don't have those information oh. cuz we got to get to the real 20 questions. But listen, okay. The answer is Journey of the Prairie King. Oh boy. Does that yeah, mean yeah. anything to anyone? No. No. no it's apparently it's an arcade machine found within Stardew Valley. Mm. Oh. So like, yeah, oh, okay. so that's I am like not Valley I'm not going to allow that. Not going to allow that. But I yeah. did want to share his very clever I even played But now
2: I've... the pet store will be burned by the supervillain. Is that what's going to happen? mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Yes.
2: Yeah. I'm afraid now the kittens will die.
1: <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be the management sim in Yakuza.
2: <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's game with it. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Real suggestion this week comes from John from Baltimore. Let the questioning begin. I just I have a feature
3: idea now, which is the best games inside games. Mm-hmm.
1: The best. It's mini sup- games.
2: <laughs> it's well, Super not, Mario no- Brothers inside. You know. Yeah. Not <laughs> mini Donkey games. Donkey Kong inside Donkey Kong sixty four.
3: Not mini games, but like playable <laughs> fictional <laughs> video games inside of a game
1: yeah yakuza has those too a bunch yep. of sega ones and all the arcades
3: yeah <laughs> are you
1: guys sick of yakuza yet yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Yakuza, <laughs> zero. yakuza zero is great because that game takes place in 1988 and so it's oh. um it's it's outrun and uh super hang on
0: and mm-hmm. um space harrier yeah it's amazing
2: big, big sega arcade late 80s i liked uh, the, i liked
0: the dice game in valhalla
2: yeah could this game have appeared in yakuza zero
1: is it a Sega game then? It, no, well, I'm just. in no, The
2: arcades of I mean, the Yakuza Zero if they
3: allowed everything. 1988 or earlier?
1: Yeah, let's go with that one.
0: Was this game released in 1988 or earlier? Yeah. That's what you're asking? No. Yeah. Oh, dang. <laughs> Could it have been in that
2: magazine? No. All right.
3: When was that? 98?
2: Yeah. Yep. Is 88, game- 98.
3: November 98. Is this game available to play on a current, on a current console, like on, a, on Xbox Series X, PS5, or Switch? Yes.
1: Mm. That's so confusing with them, backward compatibility, too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should have phrased it in a different way.
2: Well, we can just directly ask that. <laughs> okay. Is this a game that you access in those systems through some sort of border backwards compatibility?
3: Yes. <laughs> well. Great. Well, that's two more questions <laughs> wasted. My bad. Is nah, this game on? Is this not. game on the Switch? No. That's five. Hey. Right. Well, I guess the backwards compatibility answer was yes. I'm just really screwing up this <laughs> this twenty questions.
1: <laughs> i still get it.
2: Um.
1: Is it part of a series? Yes. Is there a multiplayer?
2: Yes.
3: Is it? Is it like a
0: multiplayer centric game? Um I don't, can what what do you what do you consider to be multiplayer centric?
1: Like is like, multiplayer one of the key draws, right?
0: Yeah. Actually, okay, yeah, I'll say yeah.
1: Oh, so questionable, but mostly yes is
0: mostly
3: the interpretation. Yes. Of that. Surprising
0: surprising yes. yes. Yeah. I mean,
2: um,
1: so, like, it's not, you wouldn't immediately think of it. So, it wouldn't be like a Call of Duty, but.
2: But maybe a big co op game that everybody liked a lot. Or it's Castle yeah. Crashers. Mm.
4: Okay. Uh, is this. Um, a, uh...
1: What was the way we modified our shooty question? It was like, do you shoot guns, is how we normally say it. But then we decided there was a smarter way of saying it.
2: Yeah. um is it was it like? Is the main gameplay in this shooting weapons? Is that what it was?
1: Or, yeah, not quite. But um, we could also say, are there like projectile weapon weaponry in this game? Right, because it's part it of the main gameplay. Or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you shoot? Yeah, shooty projectile weapons at things in this game?
0: Yes.
3: I, I just want to point out that lasers are not projectiles. That's
1: true. So <laughs> you know, well, why?
2: you know, depending on how you measure them, they have mass.
1: <laughs> is this a first person Watch perspective game no that's okay. 10 so third shooty series is all we know and it's on a backward compatibility program meaning it's not this generation's game but maybe the previous
3: mm-hmm it's part of a mm-hmm. franchise yep could um, be could be Gears of War but that's like overtly multiplayer
4: mm-hmm
2: uh,
1: uh, I mean I would actually do a hesitant Damon yes answer to that one because people play for the campaign as well
2: mm-hmm. is, uh, this, is game this game mature or uh, 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 what would be a gory? yeah is this like a, is this
0: a violent game I guess gory violent game those are kind of two different questions okay
1: so right. within the con- so I think when we ask violent it means gory because there are okay. a lot of violent video games so like stand out mm. violent
3: or should we ask if it's rated M
1: I have. was
0: going
2: to do ratings, but like, I don't know my
3: ratings. I wouldn't even I
1: remember, know. yeah. And there are very few M-rated games.
0: Do, do you, you, you want to ask if this is like a particular... Like, Should glory? we just
2: ask if you can see blood? If you see blood when you shoot things in this?
1: Sure. I mean, in a lot of games. Yeah, that's a lot of games. Is it a particularly yeah. violent game? No, it,
0: it wouldn't be on like, any lists of like yeah. hardcore violent games. Yeah. So
2: no, then, chainsaws. <laughs> no, no chainsaws. So although, no chainsaws. Although, yeah. although,
0: like we established, you do yeah. you know, shoot guns.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. Okay. Man. Should we find out if it's an indie game?
1: Yeah, because those, t- those could be less violent. I mean, they could also be more violent.
2: Series is a little bit less common. Is this an indie game? No.
1: Yeah, Series would have
2: hinted at that a little bit.
3: Is this made in Japan?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Interesting. There's not a lot of shooty, multiplayer Japan games that I can think of. I don't really have an era, so it makes it difficult. It probably isn't exclusive to one of those platforms, too. It's just not not Nintendo. I mean, it's probably
0: PlayStation, right?
1: Do you play as a woman? You can. Oh. Mm. Some sort of character selection, maybe just binary, though?
0: Yeah could this be
4: could this be a licensed game? Probably not, right? <clears throat> it's too late for that. Uh,
2: oh boy. Should we have yeah. can, can we find out if it's a PlayStation exclusive? Well, I just don't know. I actually don't know any shooters that would kind of make that like.
1: Well, it's not quite a shooter. Yeah, yeah. Because right. I think of first-person shooters when I say shooter. Yeah,
3: I mean, yeah. I'm having trouble with like we only narrow down era to like after '97.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
3: So it's like it's tri- I can't like picture. Like I don't know. Like, yeah. it could be like Parasite Eve. You know, it could be anything. Although you yeah, only play. As a we one just
2: dish. know it's not. Con- it's not on the contemporary systems because it is a port to the contemporary systems.
3: I guess that's a good point.
2: So that's good to know. So we could find out. I mean, if it's on, we could get really lucky and ask if it's on the PlayStation 3 era of games.
3: Yeah, it play, PS2, PS3, or PS4, probably. It's got to it's be one of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Is it in the PlayStation 3 era of games?
2: Yes.
1: Cool. A nice, a nice call on that one. <laughs> <That's> 15. <laughs> and
2: maybe, maybe. Yeah, because that would be three hundred and sixty PS three, and it sounds like made in Japan. I doubt it would be only on three hundred and sixty. <coughs> Weird.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, there were a few Japanese three hundred and sixty exclusives, like you know, I don't, I don't know, like Blue Dragon, but like mm-hmm. not not too many I can think of.
2: So I'm thinking, and then the multiplayer. So I'm thinking, like, um, it could... Mm.
1: where you can uh, pick your character. So there's yeah, could be possible some RPG elements. It could be third mm-hmm. third person action. Shooty
3: game. We don't know if it's co-op or competitive. I don't yeah. know if that's helpful.
2: Or both. I'm thinking like a Lost Planet 3 type thing. Like something like... Um, oh, yeah. You know, that has multiplayer and people wanted to play it. Um,
3: does it? Does the game have sci-fi themes? Yes. Hmm. I've been. I've also been really hung up. I've been worried that it was a bow and arrow game this whole time. So,
2: <laughs> he, Damon actually let slip that it had guns in it in the middle oh. of this, even though we didn't directly ask that. So that was helpful.
3: Got him.
1: Thanks,
2: Damon.
3: So yeah, it could be Lost Planet Three. I don't know. I don't know. Who oh, I, I think that's that too game.
2: obscure. I mean, it matches a lot of these things, and it does have multiplayer.
3: Well, and the game sci-fi themed, and it's on the PS3, or you know, maybe Xbox. But
2: what about like a no, that's not a series. I was going to say, like, Valorant or, like... Um, is that what that's called? Yeah. I mean,
3: there's, there's just not... There's not that many, like, big Japanese game developers. So it's, like, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's Namco or Capcom or Tecmo or... Yeah. Or, you know, or Sony.
2: Could it be a Metal Gear with a weird multiplayer mode? I was thinking about that.
1: Where you choose your character?
2: No. Well, yeah, only... That would only be if the mode had that, which it doesn't. was so it? We, Metal Gear Solid... 3 was the one on the PS3? That was still 2. Really? 4 was PS3, yeah.
1: Plus mostly multiplayer known game. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: definitely not.
2: Yeah, multiplayer draw. Man, like, I don't... Japanese games that had, like, a draw for us all to be playing at that time that were not indie games, kind of interesting.
1: Would it help to explore if there are, like... If there's another element to the genre, to narrow down, like, it's more of an action RPG, or...
2: Yeah, are there there monsters in it, or something like that?
1: Or maybe vehicles, or something that we can ask.
3: Could it be Monster Hunter?
2: Yeah, I just don't know what the multiplayer component of, like, a PlayStation 3-era Monster Hunter game would be.
3: I mean, probably pretty prominent. Like, that's the game's whole thing, is like... Oh,
2: sorry. They were only on PSP, and then they were only on Nintendo systems. I don't think there was ever a PS3 Monster Hunter.
3: There were home console Monster Hunters. For, I
2: think. On, SW- on, on Wii and Wii U and stuff like that, or like Nintendo systems mainly, I think. I. Uh, okay. Not until PS uh, uh, the last one on PS4. I, I'm not sure, I, but. I think
3: they've been on consoles for a while, but I'm not a big fan of the franchise, so I'm not positive.
2: Mo- so, monsters or vehicles? I don't know if the. Uh, I need some other gameplay stuff like that, though. Uh. Are
1: there
2: Should
3: vehicles ask- in this
1: game? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I wish the answer was like no.
2: Warhawk?
1: <clears throat>
2: or
3: yeah. Warhawk's pretty good. We I War- mean
2: if it was that like there's like PlayStation exclusives.
3: Warhawk or like Ace Combat. Ace Combat's mm. interesting. You know, like v- vehicular, right? Zipping and zopping around. Mm-hmm.
1: They had a VR mode in the latest, right? These Comet Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, has this? Sh- should we go down that route? Do you guys feel confident about that?
2: Uh, I think I- we can do. If I think we, if we're confident about flying games or things with flying, we can ask if you fly in it. You know, we just yeah. we just don't know that. So um, I like that. Are there? Are, do you do you fly vehicles in this?
0: Uh, I can't answer that.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Okay.
1: Can't answer that. Can't or won't, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um.
0: Yeah, two, about... two questions and a guess.
3: Okay. I mean... A vehicular game... So it could be something that's open world. We don't really know very much about this game. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's
2: tough. I mean... Like, uh...
3: Like are there Japanese made open world games in the PS3 era? Probably probably. And it might not probably. be a PS3
2: game. I just have no idea. I just have no idea. That's yeah. just making this so difficult.
0: Yeah. We this is not our best effort. Just remember the meta. The
4: meta. Oh yeah. Just
0: remember so the meta.
2: What came out yeah. this week? What have we been talking about? Or what
1: did we talk about? What did we just talk about? EA. Mm-hmm. Yakuza.
2: Yeah, Yakuza. Stuff in the Yakuza? magazine, like um, yeah, it could be Yakuza. But
1: he said it wasn't in the in the magazine at right, least. Right, right. Yeah, that's Yakuza.
2: true. So it can't be that. It's
3: also not um, not multiplayer in the Yakuza games. Yeah.
4: Oh could, man.
1: Could it be the multiplayer Final Fantasy? No.
4: Which open that world. Fourteen. 14?
3: No, I don't think there's guns. I mean, I don't know. There's probably some character class that has guns, but it's not like a thing in the game. And it's also not sci-fi themed.
2: Mm. Oh, the sci-fi, that's right. Um, is there? Oh, what about Star Wars?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Did we Out, just have like, a
3: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I think you can fly TIE Fighters in those, right?
2: Yeah. You, you maybe can. not maybe but, but not the old
3: one maybe not that one you can't in the new yeah ones. i don't think
2: that was all ground battles the psp one added some space that is this based on a license no <laughs>
3: <laughs> well i give up
1: <laughs> yeah we got yeah. one more question
3: mm-hmm.
1: should we ask if it's an open world game
3: i, I wouldn't even if the answer is yes i'd be like i still don't know what it yeah. is <laughs> i'd like to know i mean if we had five questions to get back i'd want to start getting at developers is what i would want to do hmm. because it's like is it you know could be lost planet it could be a capcom game we don't know
4: yeah um we could burn it on
2: an exclusivity thing but i don't know if i that would get me any closer to an answer yeah same
1: and i would have said a press conference one but most are no
2: should we should we use the cheat
1: have you mentioned this game
2: or I've uh, mentioned the series,
1: maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Have we mentioned the series yet?
3: No. Yeah. That's what,
1: <laughs> well, so we're really far off.
3: The, the answer is always no, <laughs> and then that always means it's time to wrap up <laughs> the yeah, the true. segment.
1: All right. Well, we're down to our guests, so.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't even have a best guess, then if we haven't mentioned it yet. So.
3: I liked um, where you were going with Warhawk. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have it.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: Sci-fi yeah, I mean, third-person uh, multiplayer. Starhawk.
3: Starhawk is what the updated one was called.
2: Sci-fi.
1: Yeah, sci-fi uh, series. PS3 multiplayer. Third-person. Not person. licensed.
4: You have.
2: Um... Oh man,
0: yeah. Shall Especially I reveal
1: you... it? Sure. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I think a mistake you guys made is you seemed you assumed it was a 3D game.
1: Well, we were told 2D games were over, so...
0: Yeah. That's (laughs) true. But this game is part of April's Games with Gold. The
2: audience voted with their money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's
1: what I heard.
0: The game is Hardcore Uprising.
1: What? just Um, talked about that.
0: Yeah. I don't remember the the
1: the player on (laughs) that. That was the whole meta. Look
0: at Mm -hmm. that vehicle coming out of the sand. (laughs) Yeah, don't remember that. It's part of the Contra series.
2: Yes, it is. What is the... um, We can start asking, do we mention this developer yet?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know if you mentioned Konami either. uh, The developer is Arc System Works and Konami published it. Uh, Arc System Works? Yeah. I don't think they're around anymore. I think they are still. Mm -hmm. I hope so. This was 2011. It was on both 360 and PS3, but today it's an exclusive on Xbox. I don't think you can play it on PS3 or on PS5. You probably can't buy it anymore.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, it's very fun. That's a really good game, yeah. But if 20 questions is not
0: fun, <laughs> it's
2: a mean game, a cruel game.
0: It's certainly a cruelest be. game. I think it's less cruel than Journey of the Prairie King would have that's, been. That's true. Yeah. That's true.
2: I like the meta there, though.
0: Hardcore Uprising came from John from Baltimore. So feel free to at Sam. Yep, yeah, please. If you like John. Mm-hmm. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Uh, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at ign.com. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Thank you to Borba, who's working behind the scenes. My name is David. And this is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.